Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Ogilby Straight. This is the Experimentalist Podcast, the 52nd session. This one is entitled Genocides. Johnny was scratching his arm on the street corner. It doesn't matter which one. It could have been any street, any corner. The point was, he had just gotten bitten by a swarm of mosquitoes. The mosquitoes were transporting his blood all over the place. They had just hit the jackpot. And they were going to return to the nest, empty the blood into a pool for the entire clan, and be praised for the entire summer. This was going to be the feast of a lifetime. And plus, their lives were not very long at all. They had a few selfish sips of blood in the hours after their return. But just the thought of this score... was knocking their socks off. And now, they would be planning to spend the rest of their days searching out a bigger, better extraction. This particular blood feast opened their eyes that there was so much more out there. So much more to be gained from this universe that they never had thought of before. However, they were seriously mistaken. This wasn't some exponential growth situation. This was the peak of the mountaintop. And to them, it would seem that this fantastic experience could possibly lead to so many others, so many even greater beyond their wildest expectations, only in reality, it would only influence them to go out on another hunt for extreme quantities of blood, and those missions would cause them to be swatted at, splatted, exploded in the splatterer's own blood, burnt, sprayed with toxic chemicals, yelled at, sworn at, and ultimately, it would kill each and every one of them. Johnny, however, would be at home shaking and crying from all those mosquito bites. 
the pain comparable to a junkie's three days of hell when kicking heroin. And Johnny had to deal with that every summer, all summer long. Itching, scratching, trying to avoid itching and scratching, hating, feeling pure hatred for the mosquitoes, for himself for some reason, every time he would scratch. And through all this shaking his head, not understanding how he could be subject to this horrible, yet survivable feeling. Everything new kind of seems to start with a bad streak. The more that happens, the less I'm afraid of it. Well, that might not be the whole truth just yet. I'm still pretty afraid of things, things that aren't real. Monsters. Now, not monsters, unfortunately, but remember when we were afraid of monsters? I was afraid of Cookie Monster at age four. I didn't so much fear the actual dude, just the fact that he would show up in my bedroom at night. I was sleeping in bunk beds at the time. My older brother was on the top bunk, and I was on the bottom. And before I would fall asleep at night, the lights, you know, were all out. There was probably a crack of light coming through the door from the hallway. And around that point, Cookie Monster would slowly rise from the side of the bed by my feet. I could see his blue shaggy fur and watch his googly eyes slowly swishing around. He wouldn't do much as I would pretend to be asleep with keeping just a slit of my eyelid open at all times. Sometime I'd watch him stare at me for a few moments and then turn around and leave the room the door opening and everything. Once, he picked me up out of my bed and brought me into the hallway and for some reason just laid me there on the floor and left. Then one day he just stopped coming around and 
I wasn't afraid of him anymore. At that point, I grew frightened of gremlins. I never actually saw one of those creatures in real life, but I was pretty sure they were there for a little while. They made it hard for me to take a whiz by myself because that's when I thought the gremlins would come out and attack. Maybe I thought they would come out of the toilet, I can't really recall. I did think that they were in cupboards and, you know, under the sink area and things like that, but... I remember when the movie The Ghoulies came out, and I saw the cover with the green bald-headed ghoulie coming out of the toilet, and I remember thinking, yeah, been there. Everybody died. It was clear and easy for me to say. I looked around. I saw all the people. Everybody was dead. Except me. But why was I alive? I couldn't be the best one. Of all those people? I stabbed my little sister in the leg once with a pencil. It was supposed to be a joke. I wasn't supposed to actually stab her, but I did. And the graphite part, the lead part of the pencil, that broke off in her thigh and you can still see it lodged in there today. There had to be somebody on that bus better than that. So why was I here? There was no police here, no firefighters. The first wave arrived and then there was a sudden gasoline explosion. Instantly took out each and every crew. I saw that whole thing happen too. Before that I was so happy to see police cars and all those lights. I thought I was being rescued. Certain times in the past I'd imagine being in harrowing situations and easily convince myself that I'd handle the shit out of that. That I'd be a big man and save the day, all that type of stuff. But in reality, I felt like a princess needing a savior from all of this evil doing nothing really but waiting for my courageous hero to stroll in 
And I watched them coming in and I heard the sirens blaring and I cried my eyes out. That is until the entire world blew up all around me. Everything melted. I was toast, but somehow still managing to stumble around. I found some way inside what was most likely half of a house. Corners and edges were still smoldering, but the flames were fanning out. I walked through what should have been a wall into a kitchen, still mostly functioning. Somehow the fridge was still cool. I used two sticks of non-fat butter to soothe my burns. It was weird. It smelled good. I drank part of a soda. I thought about cooking some eggs. I even tested the stove burners and they worked, but now everything around me was basically a burner. I thought about all the dead people, that it wasn't right. I didn't know any of them, but I still knew it was wrong. I'm here. Why? I'm no Adam searching for an Eve, here to start things anew. I'm certainly no last man standing. I barely put up a fight. What if I... What if I was actually the only one who died in that explosion? What if this is what death is like? Like, it seems that everyone around you just perished and you're moving on in this world without them. And that's how you experience it, at least for a while. And that's basically the afterlife. Could that be it? Who are you asking? Hmm. Was that me? Was you me? This is weird, right? The entire world just blowing up everything everywhere but just not me yes weird that's usually how people describe it people usually describe it yes they do and okay who am i talking to now well, I thought you'd already figured that out. But I thought I was talking to myself. I thought everyone had, yes, 
that's how it seems, but you... I shouldn't have to. Yes, you really are dead. I mean, it's not the end and all that, but... You just died. And what? You're God. Yep. What? That was how it started out. It was awkward to me. It was my first week on the job, welcoming people to heaven or Barul or whatever they want to call it. They called me God a lot of the time. I think I remember where that came from, sometime on Earth in the early thousands. You know, people's ideas really can resonate through generations. Now, I'm really good at my job. Nowadays, people don't even realize that they're hitting a new phase. Usually, they'll just think they're spending more time thinking these days, and then, oh yeah, I guess I'm a goner. Damn, that was pretty much painless. That's my doing. I used to conk everybody just out. Now, life is sort of just a transition period. I guess people feel like it lasts a long time, but in reality, real reality, it's a pretty quick move, pretty inconsequential. Thanks, everybody, for listening. This is Ogilvy Straight. This is the end of the music, so it's the end of the episode. Take it easy. See you next time. Peace.